0: Welcome to Locked on Bucks. I'm Eric Name, Milwaukee Bucks reporter at The Athletic Wisconsin, and joining me as always is my good friend and the founder of BrewHoop.com, Frank Madden. As I told you yesterday, this is going to be... Part 3 of the mailbag we recorded last week. Hopefully you enjoyed our conversation with Cole Zwicker from the Stepien about the draft yesterday. Uh, But this will go back to the mailbag that we did at the end of last week. So this was the episode that was supposed to air on Friday, but we had a problem with it. It didn't end up working. Uh, So now we are going to have it here for you today. So this will be our Tuesday episode of Locked on Bucks. This is the end of our mailbag. And that'll wrap it up, and we will talk to you guys uh, going forward the rest of the week. Draft is getting closer just two days away on Thursday. So with all that being said, let's get to it. Justin asks, Pro- projection time. The starting five for the Bucks' first game of the 1920 season will be blank. I will fill in that blank, and I will say. Eric Bledsoe, Malcolm Brogdon, Chris Middleton, Jan Derek Brooke Brook Lopez.
1: Yeah, I mean, to project somebody other than you know the guys, even even though we have uncertainty around the the free agents in that list, um, I mean, who else would would take their spot? I don't know, right? I mean, certainly, I'll, I'll pick the I'll pick those guys over the field any day, um, or at least those guys over any yeah. specific other guys. I should probably say. Um, and and again like of guys on the roster that could sneak into the starting five i mean if Brooke left i mean you know again the only other bigs that you really have are are urson and dj so could one of those guys start yeah i mean it'd be a very different type of i think full philosophy at the big man spot if you did that right because you're suddenly much more mobile and quick um rather than a guy like Brooke who's obviously going to camp out at the under basket and protect the rim um but yeah i mean again like i at this point if i had to bet i bet on brooke and chris for sure and then malcolm's you know the other guy that that i I don't know right um so interesting definitely interesting kind of thing to to think about a bit and as far as other guys that that could be picked could be signed i mean that, that i think it becomes a lot harder i think we have a question about that as well uh in a minute
0: Justin also asked for the first guy off the bench in that game. I'm not giving it to you. I don't – I have no idea. Dante
1: Vincenzo, same as actually, year. Yeah, no, that's
0: actually not bad. Dante, I'm with it.
1: Da, uh, Dante, finally, Dante. I mean, keep in mind, like, you know, there was no George Hill at the start of the season, and Dante was the first guy off the bench in game one you know, of the I season, see. you know, and um, he's not a, a point guard like George Hill is, but I think there are actually some similarities in terms of, like, versatility, um, you know, defensive size and again, different players, but um, if George Hill's not back, you know, if they sign somebody who's like a much, you know, a guy who's on a definitely like a, door, a lower rung player to be kind of a third point guard, um, wouldn't shock me at all if Dante gets a chance to, to sneak in there. I mean, we saw Deli didn't play really at all to start last
0: year. Uh, will Eric be playing pickup basketball in Giannis' new signature shoe? I would doubt it. I just bought a pair of... Paul George threes. Um, and I don't buy basketball shoes all that often because I'm pretty lazy and only play like once a week. So I would say probably not. Um, but you know, if, if Nike needs uh, someone in the Milwaukee market to review some shoes, um, you know, I'd, I do play pickup basketball, you know, once a week, I probably could review them if they wanted to send me a pair. Like I'm I'm not going to turn them down. Um, If if they would do that. um, I don't know if I have any Nike reps listening, but if you are, Hey, um, I'm more than happy to do so. So no, I, I doubt that I, I, that I will be doing that.
1: Wait, can I, I, I'm not a sneakerhead. Can I offer my opinions? Go for it. So I think the, the black and white colorway is pretty underwhelming. Like, I just can't picture Giannis actually wearing that shoe. Like Giannis doesn't wear black shoes ever. Does he? Like, I can't really recall. the last I, no. He wore like the, those are those Kobe's that he wore this year. Mostly the Kobe. Yes. Yeah. Um, and the orange ones seem to be the ones he liked the most. And so, yeah, I, I have a hard time. Like, figuring out like why the black ones were even the first colorway that they had. We saw those like orange one, like there was like a, an orange picture that got leaked of an orange kind of more colorful colorway, which actually looked kind of cool uh, at least from one angle. So I'm hopeful that maybe, again, I'm not a basketball sneaker guy. Um, my general all purpose athletic shoes are some Adidas Ultra Boost 4.0s, which I bought recently that I really like. Um, but uh, I obviously as a Yana Stan um, I would like to see Giannis have cool shoes that, uh, other people like. So, um, hopefully some of the other colorways get, get a little bit more love. I will say this though, very cool. He's got his, um, his brother's names on the sole and, uh, and his, his parents' names I think as well. And then on the bottom, um, he's got in the sole, it says, um, I am my father's legacy, I think, which is really cool. Uh, you know, even mm-hmm. I think everybody listening knows about his father, Charles passing away, um, close to like the start of the season a couple years ago, like three years ago, maybe now. Um, so obviously um, very cool that he could, you know, turn his signature shoe into, you know, what do you, what do you always say? FOE, right. Family over everything. That's, that's his motto. Yeah. I mean, it's been funny seeing him at um, like Disney world with who else? His two younger brothers, his girlfriend, and his mom. <laughs> it's like,
0: yeah. it's so
1: funny how like they always are hanging out. It's like always that group. And it's, it's so funny that there isn't like, I don't know like there's not like some other there, like he really no does else not the
0: have rush. There's, no, there's nobody
1: else really like involved. It's 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 really funny. Um but uh but yeah, so hopefully that but but still some some cool things. Also it, it seems like they took the 34 on the back of the shoe. And they kind of like it's almost like a reverse Greek flag if you look at it um with the like you know the cross in the Greek flag is on the mm. left and they kind of turned the four into a cross on the right with like the horizontal lines for the three and stuff um i don't i assume that's what they were going for i think it looks kind of cool so i don't know i'm not gonna buy those shoes because i don't really wear basketball shoes but um i as i said i will hope that uh, that they will turn out to be cool shoes by the way before we keep going shout out to brady peterson he uh he yes, asked for a shout-out for him and his buddy uh, Noah Gayhart uh, for their podcast, line, the Line to Line Pod, at Line to Line Pod. Uh, so shout-out to Brady for shooting us some tweets. And, uh, yes, friends of the pod, Brady and, and Noah.
0: Always supporting pods here at Lockdown Box because, well, we started as just two random dudes doing a podcast. So shout-out to you. Uh, good luck with that. Uh, Shout out to Grip6 Belts. Today's show is brought to you by Grip6. Ultra lightweight with no holes, no flap, and it's a great Father's Day gift. Go to Grip6 for a special offer for you at Grip6.com slash lock, L-O-C-K-E. Again, Grip6.com slash lock, L-O-C-K-E. All right, Mike Susick asked, pending one or multiple potential departures by starters in free agency, which current member of the bench mob stands to benefit the most? And I like this question a lot. Um, you already mentioned Dante DiVincenzo as a possibility. And I know I I hosted a show in Milwaukee on 94.5 ESPN with Justin Garcia the other day, and he was talking about how he thought, you know, there's a a shot that Dante and uh, DJ Wilson are kind of breakout guys for the team next year. I threw in Sterling Brown, but I I think it's DJ Wilson. Like I, I think if, if you know, if there is an an Ursan move, if there is uh, a Nikola Mirotic move, like if those guys are no longer in the rotation, I think DJ can step into some minutes. And you know, we've heard pretty much throughout the entirety of Mike Ruenolzer's tenure in Milwaukee how much defense matters. And you know, I think. I think DJ can be a, a game changer in some ways on the defensive side of the basketball, and I I think that could play, and I think that that would be something that would interest Mike Boonholder. So I I end up circling DJ in that spot. Is there someone else you end up circling?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. I. With DJ, I think we've kind of seen like, like I'd be surprised if DJ added like a major skill to to his game. Like, I, I mean, I think his offensive limitations have been kind of the same since we first saw him. Like he has, pr- a, you know, pretty good handle. He has some wing like qualities, but like none of like it doesn't add up to really any kind of real shot creation ability he can't beat anybody off the dribble even though he can dribble pretty well and he's pretty athletic um so he's really just like a dribble handoff guy slash perimeter shooter on offense um who occasionally can do some things um rolling to the basket so i don't really see him i don't know i have a hard time seeing him evolving into anything more than kind of like a low usage complimentary guy offensively um so yeah i mean defensively i think is where he is the most interesting. And I think, you know, DJ is sort of the leader in the clubhouse for this award right now, just because, you know, I think we're we're ninety-five percent certain that well, even higher than that, we're probably ninety seven percent certain that one of the big men that was in the regular rotation uh this season between, you know, Ursan, Nico and Brooke, one of those guys is gone, right? Probably Nico. Um, could be Ursan could be Brook, if not by choice. But um, any of those guys could be gone and you know as soon as one of those guys is gone well how many guys are even on the bench who, who could even fill in right like everybody else is pretty much gone thon maker's gone christian wood is gone really it's dj yeah. is, is the default choice and i mean he's also i think deservingly a choice there as well so um so yeah i mean i think dj at this point like he's he's gonna be a 15 20 minute guy regardless probably next year uh and i think dante's position is probably much more dependent on what happens with kind of other guys on the roster, just given, you know, the fact that Brogdon's a free agent, um, Hill's a free agent, Tony Snell is kind of in limbo. Um, You know, I think it's going to be very interesting to see kind of um, kind of how he kind of, if he can beat out guys for, for regular minutes. Um, But I think he's maybe the most interesting guy out of that group, just because we saw flashes of a lot of the sort of, you know, what he can do defensively energy wise the fact that he's a good passer cutter um a very willing shooter not yet a good shooter um i'm i'm really intrigued which is is not something i mean i i didn't expect to say that last year i was not wowed by that pick overall um would i take you know dante over kevin herter again probably not um, but again, is DJ a guy or is Dante a guy that I think can be a valuable, uh, bench guy? Um, I think he could be even as soon as next year. And, and, you know, for better or worse, they're probably going to need him and DJ Wilson to be valuable bench guys sooner rather than later. Uh, but it's again, it's also a much more congested rotation for, for Dante to be winning minutes. So, I mean, if Dante just becomes a better three point shooter, and again, he's got a decent looking stroke, um, I mean, if he can hit 35% of his threes on the volume that he takes those threes and he stays healthy and he does all the other energy stuff and, you know, kind of intangible stuff, that's a pretty useful player. Uh, and, and so I I think, again, it's going to be going to be fun to watch him and, you know, there's not going to be a lot to see in summer league, especially if the bucks trade their first round pick. Uh, so it's going to be kind of, Dante and, and a cloud of dust probably in, in Vegas. And uh, hopefully he, he's up for the challenge, especially last year after going 0 for 8 <laughs> in his entirety of his Vegas uh, abbreviated stint.
0: All right. Uh, Amir Rasuli asked: the Bucks obviously aren't going to expect to be major players in the big ticket free agent sweepstakes, but in terms of mid to lower level tier free agents, are there any that stick out as realistic fits if a key player, i.e. Middleton, Brogdon, Lopez doesn't return next year. And um, I mean, I I think this is a really interesting question. I think it's also a really difficult question, Um, but I think there's, there's a couple, I'll say easy-ish ones. Um, Dwayne Dedman always comes to mind. I think that's just someone that you're kind of always thinking about as, as someone that, that can fill the big man shooting role because of the Bud connection. All of that, um, I think. Another one that I think of, and I, if I think I have this right. I think Ed Davis is an unrestricted free agent um, this summer. I'll just always put him on the list because he just goes places and he's good. Like, and he's never really paid all that much money. And again, he's not like a he's not a world beater or anything, but he. It just ends up being a useful piece, um, which I, I think is, is always a positive. Um, beyond that, what what do you got? Uh, I, I think this is a really difficult exercise um, to try to think through, you know, who, who are some of the budget-free agents that, that you might want to go after.
1: Yeah, I mean, I, I've been thinking a lot about point guards just because to – replace george hill i mean you could argue you may also need to replace malcolm brogdon i hope not um but if uh if it comes to having to replace george hill and you have to do something with the five million dollar rumid level exception um again a lot of this is going to kind of what the market looks like um you know i think among guys who have been starters historically ricky rubio and patrick beverly are interesting guys but be- beverly i think would be an awesome fit right if that was you know a third yeah. guard for you um just given his toughness you know,
0: that would really be something we go from George Hill to Patrick Beverly, both of which have been, I mean, if you go back two or three years were the object of Bucks Twitter's fascination, right? Like as point guards that could play with Giannis.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he's a guy who is, you know, he's hit threes consistently. He's a good spot up guy. Uh, Obviously just a total dog defensively. And, you know, he's a Chicago guy. So I don't know. I mean, maybe that, makes him a little bit more interested, more more willing to come to Milwaukee than uh than many a lot of other guys. Um but again, having only five million dollars to spend is tough, you know, especially coming off the playoffs that he just had. This is probably not the time that you're gonna get a bargain deal on, on Patrick Pepperley. Um so you'd you'd almost sort of have to hope that uh, you know the Clippers get like Kyrie Irving or something and then between him and Sheik just Alexander and Lou Williams um, and Landry Shamit and all these other guys in the backcourt that like, maybe they just would decide they just don't have room, but I don't know. I feel like probably he he ends up going back to the, the Clippers regardless and he'll have no shortage of shooters. Um, even if he, if he doesn't, right. I mean, can he get a full mid-level deal from somebody? Maybe, probably. I don't, I don't know. Right. I mean, he's, he's really good. Um So Bev, I think, I don't think, I don't think Pat Bev is going to be in the box budget um, most likely, but I do love Pat Bev um, as a, uh, my wife is a Rockets fan as, as, uh, you may have heard at some point. Uh, so I came to uh, develop a love for Pat Bev, uh, when, uh, when he was in Houston. So, um, it would be also good for my household. My wife would be a big fan of, of, uh, of the Bucks getting Pat Bev. Um, Rubio, Rubio is really interesting. Cause it's like, I have no idea what he's going to be paid. I have no idea if he's going to be a starter somewhere. Uh, it sounds like the jazz have basically decided to move on from him. And he's obviously a guy who has struggled shooting from three, which, you know, and there've been sort of flirtations with the idea in the past when he was like in Minnesota where the Bucks uh, during the kid era interested in possibly trading for Rubio, obviously nothing happened there. Um, Now he's maybe entering a different, different stage of his career. Maybe he becomes, you know, more of a backup guy. Um, And obviously, you know, Rubio and Bledsoe, you'd love sort of the, kind of defensive versatility of having both of those guys you wouldn't love the lack of shooting from from both of those guys but <laughs> um Rubio has always been a winner great passer unselfish guy i mean i think fit would fit the bucks ethos uh very well you know just in terms of mindset um given just the fact that he's been a guy that just generally always his teams are better with him on the court um, so maybe overcome the the shooting questions that he has in terms of value for the bucks but uh but i don't know i mean maybe he gets 12 million dollars from some team and he ends up starting right i mean that wouldn't shock me shock me yeah. either um and i think other point guards i mean darren collison's an unrestricted free agent and he's 32 he's fine i mean he hits a high percentage of threes you know doesn't really turn the ball over um you know i
0: he's inoffensive
1: yeah he's not that offensive uh in uh in, in no pun intended um Thomas Sadoransky is very interesting to me, but he's restricted. So, I mean, you know, if you give him a two year, you know, mid level deal, I mean, the war wizard should just no brainer match that. That's not really probably yeah. uh, a big thing to debate. So I don't know. Those are some of the guys that, um, you know, could be potential, potential options as far as, uh, as guards go. I mean, Corey Joseph, another guy who's been kind of like a game manager, like winner type type guy from the Pacers. Um, Again, there's there's going to be guys out there that, that maybe the Bucks show some interest in. But uh, again, it, w- it would be nice to have somebody who could shoot. Unfortunately, a lot of those guys I just mentioned are not really shooters. Um, and, uh, you know, obviously with, with the Magic uh, building their franchise around DJ Augustine, um, you know, the, the DJ Augustine dream probably will, will also have to wait.
0: All right, today's show is brought to you by Hotels.com. Don't hate like your friend's trip. Book your own with Hotels.com and get rewarded basically everywhere. Hotels.com, be there, do that, get rewarded. Coming up on the end of the podcast here, uh, Cody asked, will Eric be on any pedicures with Katie next year? And so here's the deal. The entire Buckspeed has offered to be on pedicures with Katie Uh Kane, Matt, and I are all in on it. Uh, I, I, don't. Katie's rejected that offer, um, so we're trying to figure out how to sweeten the pot and get ourselves on there. Uh, because all of us would be more than happy to have the Bucks pay for pedicures for us. Um, so we'll see. We're going to keep working on it. Um, and then does Chris walk if he is not offered the max? And I, I mean, I think if. If someone else offers Chris the max and the Bucks don't, I I don't know why, I don't, I don't I'm not gonna say I don't know why he'd stick around. I get, you know, you want to be in a winning team and all of that, but you know, I think if it's a it's a playoffish team that offers him the max and the Bucks aren't willing to do it, I mean, I don't know that I could blame them. For
1: that. Yeah, I mean, it's it's always tough too because it's like, you know, the 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 way that these things happen, the optics of it are important and if it's the bucks basically saying like you're not worth a max and then you know another team comes in and offers a max and the bucks came in and try to offer close to the max but are only able to hit a max again like we may look back and say like wow it was like stupid that you know a million dollars a year on a 140 million dollar contract or something was what led him to go to some worse team where you know he ends up Uh, maybe not doing, you know, not being able to compete for championships the way he could have in Milwaukee, right? I mean, again, like, there, there are a lot of guys who, you know, ended up taking money from one team over another and probably regret it. But at the time, it's just like, you know, if you don't value a guy and another team does, then agents will steer you that direction generally, you know, agents generally aren't in the business of, you know, letting teams just prey on, a good situation, and say like, well, no, you want to be here. We're not going to pay. or, you know, um, <laughs> so yeah. I mean, again, is it possible Chris could, even though you know, I think he's made it sound like he wouldn't. Like, might Chris take a small discount? Maybe, um, but I mean, here's the problem: it's like, well, what's what's the argument for Chris Middleton? You know, like, what, what argument are you making to Chris Middleton to take a discount? Right? He just played, you know, on his last contract for a big discount. You know, he took, he didn't really test restricted free agency. Um, when he, the one time he was a free agent, he basically just signed a team friendly deal right away. Um, so yeah, the guy wants to get paid and if there's a market for him and he's going to know that before July one, um, you know, you can't really fault him for saying, dude, I've been a really good player for you. I was an all-star. We were this close to going to the finals and having a chance at a championship, and now you're gonna like try to save money because you guys don't want to pay the luxury tax because your owners don't want to do that like you know like WTF <laughs> so
0: yeah um,
1: much. yeah anyway
0: all right we're gonna end with two questions from Anil Suwa he asks so Boban Maranovic, Mar- how do I say his last name I'm sorry I'm Marjanovic Marjanovic um, was in John Wick three which bucks player is most likely to be in a movie. Uh, and then in parentheses, in a non basketball role, I think that's an important distinction. I think Giannis could be in movies in basketball roles. I don't know if he'll be as willing uh, to do it in non basketball roles. And I, as I think through this, you know, I keep bringing myself back to DJ Wilson. <laughs> I, I just imagine him
1: house party eight or something.
0: Yes, yes, like some some insane no-cal movie where it's just like it, it's it's just him at like a party or something and like that would be the extent of it like it, it i don't even know if it'd be a talking role like it would just be someone that he was with had a project that they were working on and were like hey do you want to come be in this party scene you'd be like yeah sure you know i'm i'm down with that and He's just in it and maybe that movie blows up. I don't really know. Um, but DJ was what I come back to. Do you have any, do you have any thoughts on this? Oh, well, actually I have another guy, but I think
1: you're, well, digging. so I was going to say this, like, um, I mean, you have to factor in the, I feel like DJ were, we're doing it because of his hair. Um, DJ is like pretty muted personality, you know, like he, and again, I don't know what he's, what he's like in private, but again, like he doesn't scream like, you know, movie, movie charisma to me. Um, so uh, just kind of looking at the roster, I mean, some some guys that... First off, not jumping out at me, Tony Snell, way too nice and quiet. Um, Tony Snell, definitely not going to be in a movie anytime soon. Um, I could see, like, Pat Connaughton being in, like, a Boston movie with, like, Ben Affleck, that Ben Affleck directs or something like that. <laughs> like, some, like, you know, shithead townie yes. guy from Arlington or whatever. Like, I could see Pat Connaughton embracing, embracing that kind of role. Uh, likewise... Dante DiVincenzo, I could I could see him being uh like some annoying hanger on type guy. Like I could you could have like thrown him into uh into the um entourage crew and I could have seen Dante Di Vincenzo playing playing like a role a role like that. Um Ursan, sure. uh, could he be um you know a villain and like a like a like a drago type type character in like a boxing movie? I could see that. Sure. Um, and then, uh, Brook Lopez, one of the best personalities on the team yes. and just generally kind of weird and zany. Like clearly he would, I mean, him and Robin did that kind of joke promo thing about the Robzilla Godzilla thing during the playoffs. So, you know, that I, I, Brooke Lopez might be, you know, as far as like guys motivated to be in a movie, I, I don't know if anybody on this roster is more motivated to be in this case in a Disney movie than Brooke Lopez. So, um and that's what i was going to say with a disney movie he wouldn't
0: necessarily have to be in it he could be voice acting
1: and he's got a he's and got a really distinctive kind of just yes, unmistakably yes. sort of bizarre voice so i don't know what he would be voicing um but neither do i but
0: that that's why i feel like it, it's so much easier yeah. for him is that you don't have to find a way to sneak this seven footer into a movie you just use his voice in and give him some sort of comedic role.
1: Although you might as well sneak him into uh, a movie because he's a wonderful guy, and so you know, find yeah. some way to throw throw uh, Brook Lopez into a movie as like some like goofy like some guy who's like a henchman hired muscle guy, but he ends up being like super goofy and funny. Uh, so it's a little bit also sweet. he could
0: he could do like a rom com like LeBron was in Trainwreck, yeah, and was pretty funny in train wreck. Like maybe, you know, you you give him a another Bill Hater rom com and he gets to be Bill Hader's best friend and they just get to have their weird voices in scenes together and I'm into it. Like I, I would watch it. That like Brooke Lopez is is the friend. I'm I'm into it. So um all right. Anil asked another question. This one for me. I think what this was the best Bucks team you've covered. What was this year what has this year been like for you as a reporter? I have no idea, man. Um, I don't know that it's all that different from, I guess, how anyone else experienced it. Like I, there's There was a lot of really cool stuff to write about. Uh, um, there, It was a really good basketball team to watch. Uh, I, don't, I didn't really ever find myself going into games <laughs> dreading them, um, which, like, I don't and again like obviously there's a level of newness to all of this to me but i don't think that's the experience for every writer like i don't know if guys covering the orlando magic are excited get DJ to DJ every bro. night but you know um, you would be excited that's about true that. i mean I, I mean i mean most writers like myself i would be ecstatic to get to cover a full season of dj augustine um but like for me the only times where like it wasn't super fun was like okay they're playing the hawks tonight like all right they're going to win by 30 or you know that that was the definition of a bad night and even on those bad nights i'm watching you know the league's best player put up 30 on 15 dunks and do insane things so i mean for me not that like i i don't view it from the same prism as a fan but for me as a reporter like that's that's a really fun season like that's just uh, a spot where you know maybe there was times where i wish there was more drama uh but overall it, it was fun i enjoyed it um all right i think that's it we're gonna finish up here just short of two hours which is is perfect uh so this will be the ending of your friday podcast thanks for everyone to everyone for the questions thanks to all of you for listening Thank you to Frank for putting together the list of questions in uh, orderly fashion so that this podcast kind of worked together. Thanks to hotels.com. Thanks to grip six belts. So you can go to grip com slash lock for a special offer, a big shout out to Himalaya. You can get locked on bucks on the new Himalaya podcast app. It's free. It's super easy to use. And it has every single podcast you love or are searching for and You can find it and download Himalaya on the App Store or Google Play Store. Don't forget to follow Lockdown Bucks once you're there. Shout out to all of you. This has been fun. For Frank Men. I'm Eric Name. This has been Lockdown Bucks. We'll talk to you later.